This morning I received an email from my colleague James Lyons Weiler on his popular rationalism substack. It's an email newsletter that he sends out. And I'm taking the time to actually read and record the letter that went out to the Australian Medical Professional Society because it's an important uh, point in our history where we're seeing the important and uh, ethical medical societies taking responsibility and actually implementing changes and reforms that are necessary. So I'll read the letter uh, so that way if people are driving around and just don't have time to read, they can actually hear what is going on there. So the email starts to the Australian Colleges and Associations of Medicine, Health and Science, and all Australian federal, state, and territory senators and members of parliament. Dear colleagues, it is with great pleasure that I introduce you and your respective organizations to the Australian Medical Professionals Society. This email deals with several issues which are of concern to our membership, and we hope yours. At the top of the list is the issue of medical free speech and its ramifications for true dialogue, debate, and informative patient interaction in Australia. Also, this email and the report of Dr. Philip Altman makes available to you and your members a cutting-edge update on the COVID-19 vaccinations and a comprehensive analysis of associated adverse events together with implications for Australian practice. Finally, we draw your attention to our Health Reform Declaration, a statement which is gaining support as it highlights critical issues and potential solutions within the complex environment of Australian health law. Australian health professionals and scientists have been actively discussing and contemplating the profound health measures undertaken within Australia over the last two and a half years. However, we believe the current range of medical, medical legal, and medical political issues brought about by the pandemic requires a greater breadth of discussion, not less, within and between our respective organizations and memberships. One of the chief concerns of our membership is that of medical free speech contingent to a joint statement received from AHPRA and the National Boards on 9 March 2021, reference cited, Australian health professionals numbering over 825,000 were essentially forbidden from publicly questioning the science underlying the emergent COVID-19 injectables, let alone questioning any government messaging urging Australians to be vaccinated because these products were deemed, quote, safe and effective. The effect of this unilateral action was to undermine professional independence and, in so doing, strip away years of training, academic achievements, qualifications, awards, and expertise. However, well-intentioned, this gagging by bureaucratic decree inserted AHPRA and the national board between the clinician and their patient in addition to counteracting normal robust interprofessional dialogue as more data emerged. Indeed, now 17 months later and after numerous forms of pressure to take up the COVID-19 injectables in various age categories, a tremendous amount of data is available to more fully and accurately inform clinicians about these products. This literature includes over 1,000, reference to, peer-reviewed studies reporting of the harms being seen around the world up to December 2021. In addition, it has become clear that the risk of serious illness and death attributable to to the COVID-19 disease is heavily weighted to the elderly and those with known comorbidities, while in contrast, younger Australians are relatively resistant. Also, since the advent of the Delta and Omicron variants, it is highly questionable whether the vaccines are preventing transmission or illness. In any event, 
the implied and intended outcome of the gagging was to see doctors and health professionals effectively mandated to support the government campaign to have the Australian population injected with drugs for which there was no adequate short, medium, or long-term safety or efficacy data. Indeed, the rush to market and provisional approval occurred despite the absence of the usual preclinical studies, including testing carcinogenicity and genotoxicity. In this regard, it should be of serious interest that a peer-reviewed investigation, reference 3, has demonstrated that mRNA-derived spike proteins enter the cell nucleus and interfere with DNA. However, many critical facts like these became forbidden subjects for health professionals and doctors to raise with their patients, let alone in public forums. Thus, we contend that the joint statement of 9 March 2021 has compromised proper and informed consent in Australia, especially given the lack of available preclinical research for each of these products or clinical studies powered to detect early safety signals at the time of provisional approval. The need for ongoing critical appraisal of pharmacovigilance data remains paramount to instruct responsible day-to-day -day practice. To date, none of the makers of the COVID-19 injectables have been able to stringently show the products to be safe or properly effective. To date, adverse events flowing from these products are at historically unprecedented levels globally and continue to rise. And again, to date, no other drugs in human history have reported more deaths, illness, injuries, and disabilities which numbers as follows. This is from the date of 28th June 2022 as the cutoff. And this is a table that has three columns, COVID injectables, adverse event reports, and deaths. And it's subdivided into four rows, one that has the European Medicines Agency, the US VAERS reporting system, the Australian TGA, and the UK Yellow Card system. For the European Medicines Agency, the adverse event reports number in as follows, 1,845,179 adverse event reports with a total of 45,982 deaths in the EMA system. For USA VAERS, the total number of adverse event reports is 835,062 with 13,388 deaths. The Australia TGA system has an adverse report number of 132,000 155 with 889 deaths and the UK yellow card system has a number of 458,463 adverse event reports and a total of 2,191 deaths. The grand total for these four systems of adverse events reports is 3,270,859. The total number of deaths for all four systems is 62,400 and 50. It is widely acknowledged that all adverse event reporting systems suffer from underreporting, reference 12, an inherent challenge for passive reporting systems and their interpretation. For the US VAERS reporting in respect to the COVID-19 injectables, the underreporting factor, also uh, referred to as URF, has been estimated to be between 40 to 49 times, reference 13. If a conservative underreporting factor of 10x is applied, the above figures begin to more realistically represent the likely true effects of the COVID-19 injectables. So if we re-number uh, the total number based on the 10x URF underreporting factor, the closer and more realistic number of adverse event reports is 32,708,590. 
and the total number of deaths is the more realistic 624,500. To be clear, the TGA has received more adverse event reports in 2021 through June 2022 for the COVID-19 vaccines than they have been seen for all other vaccines in the preceding 50-year period. A similar explosion in adverse event reports for the COVID-19 injectables has occurred in all other countries that chose to deploy them, reference 14. But in Australia, comparing the period from 1971, reference 15, until the start of 2021 in respect of traditional protein-based vaccines, to the period from 1 February 2021 through 8 June 2022 in respect of the COVID-19 injectables, we observe the following. The number of adverse event reports for non-COVID vaccines in the past 50 years is 19,330, compared to the number of adverse event reports for the COVID-19 injectables in the past 18 months is 132,668. The number of reaction types in the non-COVID-19 vaccines for 50 years is 1,492. The number of reaction types for the COVID-19 injectables in the past 18 months, 3,660. Number of adverse reactions for non-COVID vaccines in the past 50 years is 43,879. The number of adverse reactions for COVID-19 injectables in the past 18 months, 433,669. The number of adverse reactions per adverse event report for non-COVID vaccines in the past 50 years, the ratio is 2.27. The number of adverse reactions per adverse event report for COVID-19 injectables in the past 18 months, 3.27. The letter continues. To assist your organization and membership to understand the causes leading to these concerning signals, we provide to you the comprehensive and up-to-date report of Dr. Philip. Altman. Now the title of this report is The Time of COVID, a report by Philip M. Altman, Bachelor's in Pharmacology with Honors, Master of Science, PhD, Clinical Trial and Pharmaceutical Regulatory Affairs Consultant, 9 August 2022. By way of background, Dr. Altman's report has been used in modified formats to assist judiciaries in Australia and New Zealand to understand the scientific evidence behind the COVID-19 injectables. We believe it is proving to be the long-awaited body of work needed by the judicial, medical, and scientific communities of Australia to bring clarity by critical scientific appraisal during these controversial times of COVID-19. And this is an aside. Uh, this is a rather comprehensive and long report that numbers 107 pages. So it is incredibly full of important information. The letter continues. Since your organization is now in possession of the information and resources contained in the link report, we ask that your members also receive the same for the benefit of their being fully informed as the state of the science surrounding COVID-19. After considerable consultation, AMPS is of the opinion that Australia is experiencing a highly significant iatrogenic event. Further, we believe that this did not have to occur. It could have been avoided, but for the state of Australia's health law leading into the pandemic. AMPS is strenuously of the view that in order to avoid a repeat of the recent past, Australian health law requires urgent reform.
To this end, we invite every organization receiving this email, including every parliamentarian copied, to review the Declaration and Urgent Demands for Healthcare Law Reform set forth on the following page. And there's a link. On the above declaration page is also found proposed amendments to the Health Practitioners Regulation National Law and proposed amendments to the Therapeutics Good Act. Many organizations receiving this email have members who are directly affected by the overarching powers of AFRA and the national boards, who have tended to dictate rather than consult with their registered members. This has caused a dangerous interference with the provisions of information for the purpose of each Australian exercising their right to fully informed consent, while it has also unduly and harshly seen health professionals sanctioned for seeking to uphold ethics and their codes of conduct. Equally, we say it is evident that Australians have suffered as a consequence of the provisional approval pathway laws. These have facilitated the rapid entry of significantly under-tested products into the Australian market, despite their being recognized to be highly novel and experimental. Nonetheless, the COVID-19 injectables were mandated in many jurisdictions and workplaces, causing large numbers of Australians to feel coerced and simultaneously baffled by the ability of doctors and other health professionals to give them a voice. This can all be changed. We implore you as fellows and colleagues to give the information and resources contained in this email your greatest attention, with a view to sharing the same with your members. There will doubtlessly be many questions arising from our email and invite further discussion with you. All of your considerations and efforts towards the continued promotion of evidence-based medicine science are greatly appreciated. Your sincerely, Associate Professor Christopher Neal, MBBS, FRACP, PhD, Incoming President, Australian Medical Professional Society.